All right. Well, that was round 15 of the Formula One 2023 World Championships, the Italian Grand Prix, legendary Monza. Caleb, it's in the pocket. It's out of sight. Another round dusted and another round where the inevitable happened. But before we get to that, I want to go through all the events that took place on Saturday and the race on Sunday. Did you enjoy the qualifying session? I know it was a lot to live up to after an insane Netherlands weekend, but were you satisfied with what you saw in quality? Yeah, I think it was back to the norm. I think, you know, I say back to the norm. We got a different pole sitter this year, but outside of that, I felt like it was a pretty standard affair, but I did did enjoy the tire allocation thing they did. I think both of us have kind of liked that this year. Both of us didn't even know that they were doing it this year. That's how much we paid attention to it. It was kind of a surprise to me whenever I turned qualifying on. I was like, oh, sweet. This is going to make it interesting. And I feel like it kind of did. It did shuffle up the lineup just a little bit. Yeah, it completely caught me off guard. I remember there was supposed to be one at Imola. And of course, that race was called off. And I remember us discussing like they should really do this tire allocation test again later in the season because we got it once and I just didn't think that was enough and it really helped add to the spontaneity of qualifying when we saw it the first time and I think it did do that again. I think the only thing fighting against the enjoyability of this Saturday qualifying session was just how great the Netherlands weekend was. I think we both walked out of that one beaming but I I really hope they gleam some good info off this tire allocation. I think it helps smaller teams a lot you know we had a mega result for Albon who lined up p6 and honestly he looked like he could have probably done even better if his laps had been timed a little bit better because that's another thing that's super important with this tire allocation is getting in at the very right moment to start your last lap and then yeah Sainz secured his first pole position of the year his fourth ever and I was just really happy for all the fans in Italy to get that moment and to leave Saturday the Monza track on Saturday happy and yeah it was good food it wasn't the best and it wasn't as good as the Netherlands, but it was still pretty good Saturday. I agree. And we also got to see Liam Lawson do pretty good. He lined up P12, so still finding some pace in that Alpha Tauri. And Yuki did get 11th, so they both qualified around the same position. But Liam has been impressing me so far. He even had a pretty good race this weekend. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to seeing how he and Yuki did compared to one another on Sunday. But of course, Yuki had a failure in his engine and did not get to start on Sunday. But yeah, I would say if the jury was out on Liam Lawson, I think you could put that to rest a little bit now. I was going to touch on it later, but let's just get it out of the way now. Finish P11, his second time out in the car. That's already better than DeVries or Ricardo has finished this season. A mega day for him, I think. And I think the Marco and, and the rest of the Red Bull and AlphaTauri team will be kind of looking at that like, hmm, maybe this is our at least our reserve driver next season. So pretty good day for Lawson. Caleb, any more thoughts about Quali before we get into this race? Not too much. I know we kind of already got into the race, but that the whole Yuki thing really happened in between qualifying and the race because he didn't even make it around for the formation lap. So after that, we had a pretty interesting you know, opening 10, 15 laps of the race. Were you surprised about how long it took Max to get around? Because I kind of myself was thinking it'd be three or four laps. Were you impressed with the defense that you kind of saw? Or do you think that was about right, given the tricky kind of layout of Monza? I think Red Bull knew that Ferrari's tires were going to probably eventually start fading. I mean, they have all year. It seems like Ferrari does have good one-lap pace. As, as we've seen in qualifying, they're able to duel with the Red Bulls and Carlos got pole this week with Verstappen behind him. So I think Red Bull knew like, oh, it's just a matter of time before either signs messes up, which that's what ended up happening, or their tires just start fading 
and Max is able to pass. But yeah, I thought it would happen a little sooner. I was thinking probably like lap five to 10. And then it was like, okay, come on, Max. And then Max kind of dove in to try and pass him and Carlos put on a hell of a block. It was fun to watch. I mean, Carlos is, he fights. He's going to defend. He's going to put those moves down, but it was actually very fun to watch. I, I wish we could have gotten a whole race like that i wish we could get an ending of a race like that it would make for so much exciting tv but i will take this and i guess after lap 15 it was kind of settled you know i should correct myself i said it was the tricky layout of monza that made it hard for max to pass but i think it was more so just the straight line speed of the ferrari being yeah pretty impressive and the fact that both ferraris were working their tires which i think is what led to the inevitable pass carlos just was on that ragged edge the entire time from the jump and it led to them eating up their tires which i'm sure red bull knew like look these guys are having to work a lot harder to stay in front of us than we will have to work if we just are a little patient and get around them at the right moment which max eventually did after a lockup from signs lots of drama today through the first chicane you smell you saw numerous small instances of contact and drivers getting pushed off and drivers driving wide accidentally intentionally but which just led to a lot of like failed overtakes and penalties which i feel like is pretty normal for monza i feel like it's always that first chicane that kind of lends itself to a lot of these replays and, and instances of close contact which isn't i mean that's exciting i feel like we cut back to that same chicane fucking 30 times during the broadcast yeah, it's really the only place on track that you can really just dive in there and pass that chicane. And then there's a chicane that follows right after that one. So it's probably the more interesting part of the track. I mean, you can make passes elsewhere. We've seen it before, but that's really where the dive bombs can happen. As we saw several of them, you can take the inside line and pass on the outside on the following corner, or you can take the outside and follow pass on the inside in the following corner so it just opens up for a lot of different racing styles and passing maneuvers and stuff like that so it's really fun to watch and you know a lot of these drivers were just banging wheels and hitting each other hitting each other in the blind spot late defends and stuff like that so i wish we could see more of that on more races because i'm surprised we didn't have a safety car this week really exciting opening first third of the race but then it, things did settle in. It wasn't the blockbuster weekend that we had in the Netherlands, but there were fun battles happening. Most of the excitement came from the Ferraris, and then there were some uh, tense moments with the Mercedes, and the McLarens were struggling a little bit more this weekend. So again, it's it's that story where a lot of the most exciting stuff is happening behind Max after he's kind of taken off you know, in the distance. Sergio Perez had to work hard to get his second place this weekend, so that was a nice change. Elsewhere, like mostly what you would expect, a few surprises it's getting to the point where talking about Alex Albon landing in the points isn't a surprise which is really cool but he managed to line up p6 and amazingly clung to p7 which is tying Williams best result in several years George Russell got a podium second at a race that got ended early but on pure like finished race pace this is Williams best result in a very long time which is just really cool like we've seen Haas and Williams get into these points before and then well they line up high up on the grid like this but then they'll drop like rocks but to see Alex get sixth on the grid and finish seventh is insane yeah he had another mega result this week and I picked him to get on the podium I thought Williams had a very fast car and I thought it would really show at this high-speed track for some reason they just kind of hung around mid-pack but that's good that we're talking about Williams being a 
like a mid-pack car now and not a tail end of the pack for the most part, at least with one of the teammates. You weren't the only person, just so you know, that predicted yeah. Alex Albon on a podium. A lot of people were really high on Alex this weekend and thought the Williams would really shine on this track, which it did. I mean, Sargent could have gotten into the points. He he was battling with Valtteri at the end for 10. So he, he got a penalty. Because he ran into Valtteri trying to pass him. So Valtteri was yes. in 10th. And it wasn't really shown on TV. And so Valtteri, they were going into one of the chicanes and Logan just kind of made a rookie mistake and just kind of went a little too deep, a little too hard and locked him up just a bit and then ran into Valtteri. So that's how he got his five second penalty. But if he would have kind of paced himself a little bit better, he could have easily have gotten 10th place, I believe. I kept watching those deltas get a little shorter and shorter and shorter. And I was like, oh, he's catching up to Valtteri in 10th. So it was close. He almost got into the points, but another kind of bad week weekend because of some rookie mistakes for sergeant yeah i'd say this is a good result for him i don't think it's going to be enough to save his drive no i think it ties i think it ties his best result i think he also finished 13th at austria but i don't think it's enough to to rescue his his drive but um a, a glimmer of hope but if that's if that's what you could do on a track that you know and a track where your car is really suited he should be closer to alex so yeah valtteri in 10th i what what the hell when did where did he come from how did that happen? He's good at this track. <laughs> I think it's one of his favorites. He's won here a lot with Mercedes. He, yeah, he has won here a few times in the Mercedes. That's true. Yeah, so I think he just enjoys this track. I mean, everybody kind of has that track they, they like and they know really well and they're comfortable at. I think this just may be one of those. Other than that, things were pretty much what you would expect elsewhere. Max finished first. Sergio finished second of the sixth one-two for Red Bull. And I don't want to sandbag this moment. Ten victories in a row for Max Verstappen. Never been done before in the 75-year history or whatever it is of Formula One. Extremely impressive. You got anything? Hello? Are you awake? Yeah, hang on. You're fact-checking me on how long Formula One's been around. I am. It's about 75 years. 1950. 73 years. 73 years. Yeah, you're a little off. I I think they took a year off here and there for some world wars. Oh, nope. Fuck. That's my... Nope. Oh, oh, I'm leaving this shit in. All the world wars that have happened since 1950. I'm so stupid. Wrong, wrong sport. Wrong sporting event. Oh, shit. You could probably factor that into like the World Cup or something, but not not this. Oh, that was beautiful. The world wars. Me trying to fact check you. Oh, okay. Anyways, yes. Amazing moment by Max. I always knew it was going to happen here in Italy. That's kind of what I was manifesting was him to do it at Ferrari's home track. And I don't think it could have happened any better. This is my toxic Red Bull fan coming out, but like having signs win pole, give this hope to these Ferrari fans and then just snag it away from them. That's so childish. I know it is. Hey, at you're least they got... Little, you're a petty little bitch, Caleb. <laughs> Come on, man. They did get a podium, so that's... They go- did get a podium. That's good for Ferrari, and we got to see Sainz get a podium, which I'm always happy about. I think he works really hard, and he does put up with a lot of bullshit. I respect Sainz a lot. Carlos is much more consistent this year than Leclerc. I've been saying that for weeks and months now, and he also has to deal with all the Leclerc fangirls. Like, he gets no respect. They hate him. They think he's the shits. Meanwhile, he's the more consistent driver, lands in the podium, and is better at 
kind of combating Ferrari's bullshit strategy calls, I feel like. I feel like he puts up a little bit more of a fight. Like, no, that's the wrong call. This isn't the right decision. Where Leclerc's much more like, oh, okay, fine. If this is what we're doing, whatever. And then complains after the fact. I think I have much more respect for science. Kind of like Russell. Russell will be like, nope, this is what we're doing. I'm the driver. I'm coming in. I respect the hell out of that. And so for science to be on the podium this weekend, it fills me with joy because I feel like he really deserved it. He's really put in the effort. He's the 10th overall driver this year to be on the podium. So that spread of different drivers continues. So half the field has been on a podium this year. Yeah, plus he has eclipsed Leclerc and the points now. So Rightfully so. He's Great leading note. Ferrari. Like they should be throwing money at him. And I don't know if he is coming back. I don't think he's going to be at Ferrari his entire career. There's a lot of rumors pointing to this team and that team. But I think he's actually finally starting to show some dominance, at least a little bit at Ferrari. I don't know. Ferrari is such a weird team because at Red Bull, you can point at Max. At Mercedes, you can point at Lewis. There's no lead driver. There's really no lead driver at Ferrari. And I'm trying to think of another team like that. Maybe Haas is a little bit like that. It's kind of a mixed bag with them. But that's that's Haas we're comparing to Ferrari. Like Ferrari should have this lead driver, this guy who's pretty consistent. And it seems like they really haven't had that, at least this year. Last year, it was obviously Leclerc. But this year, it's just like, who's going to finish ahead of who? And I think we're seeing that in the points battle. I will say they had some of the best fighting in the oh, whole race at the by end. Far. Oh my God. I know all of those fans in the grandstands were shitting bricks as those two went wheel to wheel and locked up and came close to contact and just huge respect for signs for never yielding to his yeah. teammate, to his team strategy, to any other driver. Mega defensive Max. Driver of the day, very deserved. And even after the race, Leclerc said on the racing with signs, he said, this is how F1 should be. And I agree. Absolutely. Like, let them fucking race. Let those boys go. And even Fred Vasura, he was like, man, I was, he, they said he, he said he wasn't nervous, but then Leclerc kind of came up to him. He was walking by and <laughs> Leclerc like, he's like, how's your pulse? Like, yeah, he checked he, his he, pulse. Yeah, he checked that his was pulse. so much fun. <laughs> I wish every team had the opportunity to do this. I don't know if Sergio, I think it's more just Sergio can't. We, we've seen it with, with Russell and Hamilton a little bit, but I've never seen, it's been a long time since I've seen two drivers on the same team go at it like that. That was a blast. Yeah. Definitely the highlight of the race. That racing and Perez passing the two Ferraris, that was a lot of fun. Like we've said all year, if you remove Max out of the equation, this F1 season is crazy it's wide open and it's really fun to watch these drivers below max race and it just kind of shows how dominant he is this year yeah and to illustrate that point the battle for p2 in the constructors standings it's raging on even stronger than it was before mercedes leads ferrari and aston martin but all three of those teams are only within 56 points of one another and the battles for like p2 p3 p4 in the drivers championship is just as close so there's still a lot to be decided with like millions of dollars on the line. It's just a shame that fight for P1 and the Drivers' Championship, there's no debate at this point. And the, the Constructors, too, is sealed up. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to take away from this moment. This is Max's moment. Yes, Sainz was Driver of the Day and was the most entertaining television. Max winning 10 races in a row is history that we'll likely not see again for a very long time. The only person who has a chance of beating this record is Max. I mean, you say that Sebastian Vettel, he didn't do this too long ago. So who knows what could happen? You know, some hot shot could come out of nowhere. But like you're saying, I, I mean, Max could do it again next year. But who knows how much longer he's extending this? He could win Singapore. He could win Japan. There's a lot of races that he can win this year still. It's still wide open. Singapore is the only question mark, I think. But who knows how far he's going to extend this. But for Toto, it's just a 
It's just a wiki stat is what he called it. Oh, my it. God. It's a Wikipedia you would bring stat. that up. <laughs> Look, they're having a rough couple of seasons. Imagine being a team principal. You're working your ass off trying to make the team better. And every single question you get asked by the media is about another team and their success. Can you imagine how, f- like... What a mind fuck that would be. Like you're doing everything you can to like secure the best drivers, make the car better, get the team as far up the order as possible. And then you get a microphone shoved in your face. Like, what'd you think about Max and the Rebels? It's like, God damn it. You know, I'd be pissed too. Yeah, but for about four to five years, everybody else had to endure that with Mercedes. So I'm sure that's true. Yep. What goes around. Well, comes and you around. saw all the bitter shit that Christian Horner would say. Oh yeah, yeah. It's these guys are narcissists. You cannot oh, be. Are. I always reference this to pro wrestlers because that's what I watched growing up. Like pro wrestlers are a bunch of self-centered narcissists. What it's about me. It's about what we're doing. I think the F1 drivers and the team principals and all those guys are too. So you have to have some ego to be able to drive at 300 miles an hour. Yeah, plus Toto has to stay in the headlines somehow. Mm. <laughs> how did this become about Toto? I wanted you, I was giving you this platform to talk about Max Verstappen and how great he is. And this is your driver and this is your team. And I, I, I threw you a ball straight down center plate. And you're like, let me throw my bat at Toto Wolf. Why the fuck? Talk about your boy. I did a little bit. I mean, it speaks for itself. It's amazing. It's a great achievement. And it's. I literally was like, conti- hug, I hug Max Verstappen, give him his flowers, and you're like, no, I'm going to kick Toto on the balls while I have a minute here. <laughs> this is ridiculous, Caleb. It's competition. It's racing. We should keep talking crap about each other's teams. It's fun. Uh, no, what Max did is amazing. And like I said, he's going to probably continue to win this year. And Singapore is a question mark, but it's it's crazy. Yeah. But let's just see how much further we can extend this record. I don't know who's going to do it next other than maybe Max next year. But hopefully we have a little bit better competition next year. Singapore is going to be interesting. It's going to be all about qualifying. And we're not testing out any varied tire allocation at Singapore, to my knowledge. So if Max can line up P1, I think chicken's done on that one. I mean, when does Max swap out a freaking power unit or something sometime? This I don't year? know. You saw <laughs> you saw the AlphaTauri with some mechanical issues. And I know that was already weighing on the minds of the people uh, in the paddock. Because near the end of the race, he did slow up a little bit. Because I think they were a little worried about wear and tear. I read something that he did have a question come up, at least, while he was driving the final few laps of something wasn't quite right. I don't know how much water this headline that I read holds. But apparently something might have happened. But who knows? Honestly, I mean, well, his gap be, was getting smaller. I could tell it you was. That he only won certain. by like he only won by like six seconds, I think. But yeah. still, who who knows what what could have happened there? Well, now the question is, can Red Bull make an entire season sweep? Eight rounds to go. The cars are getting more worn out. I'm sure Max and Sergio are at their limit, and, but so are all the other teams. But Singapore is a very demanding track. Sixty two laps around Marina Bay. It's really about where you qualify. And if it's anything like last year, it's going to be an insane weekend. We'll see if that monsoon season and the weather cooperates or not. Caleb, any final thoughts before we wrap up round 15 here? I was really trying to think of another Toto jab, but no, no more thoughts. I'm ready to get to Singapore, ready to get this track over with and then go to Japan and then get our North American swing so we can actually watch some stuff in our time zone. Heck yeah, man. Well, Caleb, thank you for joining me and sharing your thoughts about this race. And thank you for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard here today, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like content like this, you can follow us on YouTube at Formula Breakdown. And we'll see you guys the next time.